1: But how did those players get to that moment? And who built the venue and signed the contracts? Each week, we dig into the business side of sports and give you the answers. This is Sports Business Radio. Now, from our studios in Portland, Oregon, with Sports Business Radio, here's your host, Brian Berger.
0: Well, thanks for checking out the only show in the country dedicated to covering the business side of sports. Glad you could join us this week. A jam-packed show for you in our next segment. It's the Sports Business Radio headlines of the week. The verdict is in on one Barry Bonds. Was it worth it? We'll talk about that. In segment three, lots of NBA news and notes as we head into the playoffs. Have the Kings played their last game in Sacramento? We'll discuss that. Many other news and notes around the NBA. That's in segment three. Then in segment four, our old friend Rand Gatlin, the president of Synergy Sports, also a writer for the ThePostGame.com, which is Yahoo Sports' digital magazine. He wrote a great story this week about NFL lockout loans. Players in the NFL hurting for money, taking out high-interest loans. What kind of an impact is that going to have on them personally, as well as the ongoing negotiations between the NFL owners and the players? We'll talk about that in segment four with Rand Gatlin. A couple of other notes. Visit my sports business blog or download the SBR podcast on demand. Just go to sportsbusinessradio.com. Become our Facebook friend. Follow me on Twitter. You can find those widgets, icons, links at sportsbusinessradio.com. Joined in studio by Brian Griggs. Griggs, NBA playoffs,
3: Uh, I'm excited. I I don't really like the regular season very
0: much, but I get pumped for the playoffs.
3: I agree. Uh, Some great matches on east and west side, and it's going to be fun. It always is, and I'm looking forward to it, too. You know, and no one's really giving the Chicago Bulls their fair due.
0: Everyone talks about Boston or Miami or someone else, but I'll tell you what, Derrick Rose, definitely an MVP season, and uh, they have been impressive, and they have the best record in the NBA, so they'll have home court Throughout. Okay, headlines coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. This is
1: Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. More of the show is coming up.
0: They try to catch you thinking they really care. But there's nothing like the warmth of the one who is putting that time. And you know he's going to be there. Back your border when she knows someone lost it. Don't let nobody put you down who you're here. Take the pain up the tech.
1: Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is David Stern. He's the
0: commissioner of the NBA.
1: It is always a pleasure, Brian.
0: Bill Hancock. He's the executive director of the Bowl Championship Series. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. My guest is Mickey Loomis. He's the executive vice president and general manager of the world champion New Orleans Saints. Pleasure to be with you guys. Mr. Allen, thanks for joining me. Thank you. My guest is Mark Emmert. He's the president of the NCAA. Oh, happy to join you. My pleasure. My guest is Eric Folster. He's the the... head coach of the Miami Heat. Brian, appreciate it. Glad to to be on the show. Mr. Nicholas, it's an honor to have you on Sports Business
1: Radio. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Brian. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com. And subscribe to our free iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And stay connected to the business side of sports. Only with Sports Business Radio. It's time, baby. Special news bulletin. At Sports Business Radio, we're always on top of what's happening in the world of sports. And each week, we break down the stories you need to know about. This is Headlines. I
2: want to be in the Headlines on
1: Sports Business Radio. Sports Business
2: Radio.
0: It's time for this week's Sports Business Radio Headlines, headline number one. We've been waiting for this for a while. Barry Bonds was found guilty of obstruction of justice for giving an evasive answer under oath more than seven years ago. This according to a federal court jury this week. Now, the interesting thing is, is that U.S. District Court Judge Susan Ilston declared a mistrial on three counts that Bonds made false statements. So, Griggs, here's my question. Okay, Yes, the feds look like they come out on top here because they get bonds on one conviction, but then there's three others they don't get him on. This cost, you know, gosh, so much money and there was so much time put into this. Bonds doesn't look like he's going to serve any prison time, whereas Marion Jones did 6 months in prison. It looks like Bonds is either going to be put on Probation or house arrest or something like that, according to most people I've spoken with. So you're not getting him to prison. What's the point? Like, what purpose was served here other than, you know, maybe saying to other high-profile athletes in the future, look, you could wind up like Barry Bonds, but frankly, uh, if I'm someone out there thinking about cheating, I go, you know what? Uh, Barry Bonds isn't going to jail, so it almost gives me more incentive to go out and cheat Because if they couldn't bring Bonds down with the amount of time they spent on this case, they probably won't put that much time and effort into bringing me down in the future if I'm just average Joe ballplayer.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I couldn't agree more. It just felt like it was just a waste of time. Like, it, the the verdict came out and I was like, are you kidding me? Why did we just go through all this stuff on the media and the money, like you said, the spending? I mean, the money they put in this was incredible. And the state of California, and like you're saying, yeah, I mean, I'm a star. Okay, I can keep cheating away because obviously you just get a slap on the wrist and you're off plane again or whatever.
0: The one thing I think this absolutely does is it puts the final nail in the coffin of Barry Bonds ever getting into the Hall of Fame. So here you had a guy who, you know, by most media I've spoken with, he was a Hall of Fame player before he ever started doing performance enhancing drugs. But then he and others wanted those cartoonish numbers, so we saw what happened to their bodies and their career numbers after that. So, you know, who knows? I think this is the end of uh, Barry Bonds, but at the end of the day from the Fed standpoint, I don't know if I'd be super happy if I were them. Our next headline the Masters. Charles Schwartzel wins his first major championship by one shot over Jason Day and Adam Scott, to Aussies. Now, CBS earned a 10.4 overnight Nielsen rating. That is down 13% from last year, which saw Phil Mickelson win his third green jacket. It's up 18%, though, from uh, Angel Cabrera's playoff win in 2009. All in all, Griggs, I thought it was a pretty compelling tournament. I thought, you know, it looks great in HD. Tiger was on the board uh, in the last day. So, again, when Tiger's on the leaderboard at money time on Sunday, people, the casual fan, are tuning in to watch. So, I think that definitely helped the ratings. I mean, we've seen time and time again in golf if Tiger and Phil aren't in the mix at the end, the ratings suffer.
3: Yeah, totally. And I watched basically the whole thing. It was great. I really was into it this year. And yeah, I mean, there in the end Tiger, it's just he is just so you have to cheer for him. Like I'm sitting there like I don't want to cheer for this guy, but I want him in that final day where he's he's in the running.
0: It's funny cuz so. I know a lot of people that were rooting against him that had not root, rooted against him before and they really didn't want Tiger to win that tournament. Now, Schwartzel is a Nike golf guy. So it'll be interesting to see, does Nike Golf feature him more prominently in the future now that he's got a green jacket hanging in his closet? Are there other endorsement deals that may come for Schwarzl off of this big victory? We will see, but he certainly performed well. He kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, he was seven shots back, I think, at one point, and he came out of nowhere and and won that thing. So um, our next headline... Speaking of performance-enhancing drugs, which we talked about a few minutes ago, Manny Ramirez, done, abruptly retires. He tested positive for drugs, uh, and he didn't want to go through the whole process, so he just said, I'm done. There's another guy probably on his way to a Hall of Fame career who, because of this, now I think this is the final nail in his coffin.
3: Yeah, I agree. And I mean, hello. I mean, he just abruptly retires. There's the sign. Okay, I, I'm a cheater. I'm a cheater. Here you go. I mean, I'm quitting just randomly. And the Tampa Bay Rays
0: canceled Manny Ramirez's bobblehead night. So, all those fans <laughs> out there who are disappointed because of that, uh, sad. Last note, real quick the USOC has extended its sponsorship deal with Nike, meaning US athletes will wear the swoosh on the medal stand through the 2016 Rio de Janeiro Games. All right. Coming up next, we're going to break down some NBA news and notes for you. Lots going on in the NBA as we head to the playoffs. That's coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio.
1: Stay in the know at sportsbusinessradio.com. Podcasts, blogs, and more. SBR will be right back.
0: Has your big toe ever had a gout flare? If you've experienced intense pain, tenderness, and swelling in the joints of your big toe, you might be suffering from gout a medical condition related to arthritis. If you have gout, there are various research studies going on right now that may need your help. One of the studies needs men and women at least 50 years old who have a history of chronic gout, suffer from cardiovascular disease such as a heart attack, chest pain, unstable angina, or complications due to diabetes. Another needs people who have suffered from chronic gout and have been told by a healthcare provider that they have decreased kidney function. Yet another needs men and women at least 18 years of age who have suffered no more than two gout flares in their lifetime and have never taken medication for gout. If you suffer from gout, call 877-859-7560 or log on to goutstudynow.com forward slash SBR to see if you may qualify for one of these studies. That's 877-859-7560. That's 877-859-7560 Back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger We are back and I'm joined in studio as always by our executive producer Brian Griggs Griggs, NBA playoffs getting underway this weekend As we said at the top of the show, I like the playoffs Uh, Not a big fan of the regular season, I think it's a little bit too long 82 games is a little bit much to digest Um, A lot of people think this is one of the best seasons that the NBA has ever had as far as the on-court product and just the compelling storylines off the court. Obviously, uh, a lot of people have been polarized by super friends getting together in Miami. Can the Lakers three-peat? But what we wanted to do in this segment, there's a lot going on right now in the NBA. Let's start with the fact that on Wednesday night, the Sacramento Kings hosted the Los Angeles Lakers. And we will find out on Monday officially if the Maloofs, the owners of the Kings, are going to formally apply for relocation to Anaheim. Now, it would need to be approved by the Board of Governors. I think it would be. Um, we've read many stories about how Anaheim has $75 million ready for. Uh, improvements to the Honda Center where the Kings or the Royals probably would be playing. Also, in that $75 million is money to help cover relocation fees, which would need to be paid. There would probably need to be territory fees paid to the Lakers and the Clippers because you'd be coming into Orange County, which is part of their territory. But uh, that's going to be interesting to watch. I I put out on Twitter Wednesday night, I wonder if... uh, Jim Gray, who's done some work for the Kings, is going to get with the Maloofs in Vegas or in Anaheim and do the decision, part two, to announce that the Kings are on the move to Anaheim. I think it'll be sad for Sacramento, but you know what, Griggs? Just like Seattle, Sacramento has had plenty of chances to keep their team, and they've said at the voting polls over and over again, we want you to stay, but we're not willing to pay for it. And in this day and age, owners will say, well, we're going to go somewhere where the people will pay for it.
3: Yeah, I, it is interesting. And, and Sacramento, like you said, they've had their opportunities. And it was kind of the last game against the Lakers. So you saw some of the coaches kind of waving to the fans. You kind of got that vibe, like this is it. We right. might not see these guys anymore, which is kind of kind of was kind of a weird vibe. But and the Maloofs uh,
0: were at the game. Yeah, I mean, I wonder exactly. did they have b- bulletproof vests on? I mean, <laughs> when Clay Bennett. The last game in Seattle, he wasn't even in the country. I mean, he was nowhere near Key yeah, Arena yeah. for the last Sonics game. <laughs> so he's like, I'm not going there. But the Maloofs were there, and, you know, I guess give them credit for
3: showing up. Yeah, Jim Gray part two, the decision part two. I hope they, go, they don't do that because I that was terrible. I, I'm joking. <laughs> I, but, know, I know. <laughs> You know, I, we'll see how this is
0: announced, and we'll see the chain of events that go from here. I just think, you know, Commissioner Stern has gone on the record many times... Including on our show, saying, you know, he's tried options A, B, C, and D in Sacramento with no success. Obviously, in the state of California, not just with the Kings, but with the Chargers and other teams, we've seen taxpayers are not willing to foot the bill for a new stadium or, in this case, a new arena for the Kings. The Kings play in the second oldest arena in the NBA. So they need suites, they need other amenities that the Honda Center in Anaheim could provide, and you've got a city in Anaheim who is saying, look, we want you, we're going to put our money where our mouths are, and um, it looks like Anaheim is the place for the Kings going forward, starting
3: as soon as next season. Yeah, it's pretty much just a no-brainer. I mean, Anaheim's a, a better city for this team, I think, and it's got a better market, and they have the ability to expand, make it bigger. And, like you said, the the Kings Stadium, you know, it needs to be redone. And it's kind of at the end of the, you know, it was sweet. They got to add stuff. And they're kind of at a loss right now. So I think Anaheim's it.
0: Well, and the Kings are the only pro major league sports franchise in Sacramento. So if they leave, it's going to make Sacramento pretty irrelevant as far as sports goes. Sad story, but like I said, they've had opportunities to keep the team. All right, other news in the NBA. There was a story in the New York Daily News this week. And it's been refuted by the NBA, but the story was that the NBA has canceled their summer league in Las Vegas. Now, if that's true, Griggs, that certainly is a bright flashing light saying work stoppage, work stoppage, or lockout, whatever you want to call it. However it ends up happening, the owners most likely are going to lock the players out. And if that's the case, then there would be no need for... Summer League. But if, you know, here we are in April and we're already talking about that, and Summer League doesn't happen until, you know, June and July, uh, that's not a good sign for peace and getting a deal done. At the deadline for the NBA,
3: yeah, I think that's really what it is. I think it's not that they don't want to play it; they don't want to, you know, put up the money for it. I think it's just a sign that hey, we're it's going to be stopping because uh, I don't see any other, any other reason why they would stop it. I mean, summer league is great; it's great for the fans, it's great for the new the new guys coming in. So uh, yeah, I think you're right. Flashing lights, stoppage coming.
0: Now the NBA again, they refuted that, but I don't know. It seems like a story that makes too much sense, and probably someone spoke about it who shouldn't have been speaking about it and you know what is the nba going to do they're going to shoot it down because it looks bad when they go to the bargaining table if the players association goes hey you've already canceled summer league you know you guys have it uh, predetermined that we're not going to have a deal done you're doing things like this so you're not coming in you're not coming to the bargaining table in good faith that's what the players association could claim we'll see you know enjoy the playoffs now because you may not see nba basketball until January or maybe until the following season. There could be a long work stoppage in the NBA because I think those two sides are are far apart. We will see. Uh, Other news this week in the NBA. You know, I do media training for a living and we talk about how everything is on the record, especially if you're a high-profile person, if you're the President of the United States, if you're Charlie Sheen, or if you're Kobe Bryant. And you're playing a game on TNT and on national TV, and you utter some words that are easily uh, determined that are coming out of your mouth, and you have microphones all over the court, and you've got uh, sites like ESPN.com and TMZ showing the video of what you're saying. Not a good thing. And Kobe Bryant, uh, who said some really nasty things, was fined by the NBA this week, $100,000, not to mention has several uh, gay and lesbian groups after him on his heels saying, you got to give us a better apology than that, and you need to do better than uh, your statement where you basically say, well, it was in the heat of the moment, and Sometimes you say things in the
3: heat of—look, that doesn't do it. You need to do more than that, right, Griggs? That was the worst part is when he went on radio down in L.A. and says that. Like, oh, you know, we don't mean what we're saying when we're on the court. It's just, you know, we're frustrated and we're in the heat of the moment. I'm like, are you—you really think people are going to buy that? I mean, mean, it's one thing to drop an F-bomb or something like that. But when you look right at a referee
0: and you utter a slur to the referee— and again, you're on national TV, there's lots of cameras and microphones around and it's pretty easy for people to lip read and determine what you're saying. It's unacceptable. And you know, the thing that makes me upset is just in the last week you have seen Kobe Bryant do this. And this is after Kobe has told us after his incident in Colorado that you're going to see the better version of Kobe Bryant going forward, the the kinder, gentler, happier more engaging Kobe Bryant going forward, we haven't seen that. And then Tiger Woods at the Masters, he does the interview with Bill McAtee after the Masters, and couldn't have been more curt and short, and you know just wanted to get out of there. And okay, I understand Tiger was frustrated because he didn't win the tournament, but you know Rory McIlroy, who blew up and had an eighty, and is twenty-two years old, the Tiger's thirty-five. He handled himself with class and dignity in his post-masters interview, I just think Tiger and Kobe, they're full of it. And they've been uh, packaged to us for so long a certain way that when we see who, who they really are, which in the last five or six years, we've obviously seen who Tiger Woods and Kobe Bryant really are, they don't like that. So they think they can go on radio and say, well, it's just in the heat of the moment or Tiger, who told us how he was going to be kinder and gentler and more focused on his family and all this kind of stuff. It just—it's all lip service.
3: Yeah, it is. And watching the games that I've seen with Kobe this year, he seems angry on the court. I mean, he's—I've had seen more ball slams and more, you know, fist pumps and stuff. Well, he's got 15 technical fouls. Right. He seems more uptight and more angry than you know the gentler Kobe we're supposed to be seeing. Right.
0: All right. Other news from the NBA: the top 15 player jersey for. 2010, 2011, that list was released. And to really no one's surprise, Griggs, LeBron James tops the list. And I think the main reason for this A, LeBron, very popular, but B, he's got a new jersey. So he went from the Cavaliers. Everyone already had a 23 Cavaliers jersey. So he goes to the Heat. They run out and they buy a number six Miami Heat jersey. Will he be number one on this list next year? Who knows? But because he had a new jersey, I think that's why he tops the list. Kobe Bryant, who's very popular in China, number two on the list. I think a lot of jersey sales for Kobe outside of the United States. This one's a surprise. Number three, Rajon Rondo of the Boston Celtics. We don't usually mention his name amongst the most marketable players in the league. You know he's got to deal with Red Bull and with Nike, but he's not one of these guys that's in the same category as LeBron or Kobe. But he comes in at number three, number four, Amari Stoudemire. Again, he's in New York, a big market, a New Jersey because he was in Phoenix last year. Number five, Derrick Rose, most people's MVP this year. He's in a big market in Chicago. Number six, Dwayne Wade, very popular player. He's always been in the top five of this list. Number seven, Kevin Durant number 8 Carmelo Anthony he now has a new jersey as of the trading deadline when he was moved from the Knicks or from the Nuggets to the Knicks Dwight Howard number 9 John Wall rookie new into the league number 10 Blake Griffin number 11 who actually I'm surprised he's not a little higher Shaq with the Celtics I mean Shaq is he's a shadow of himself on the court we don't even know if we'll see him on the court anymore but the big leprechaun Who has a Boston Celtics jersey? He comes in at number 12. And then we've got 12 through 15 are all Celtics. Shaq, number 13, Ray Allen, number 14, Paul Pierce, number 15, Kevin Garnett. So
3: interesting list there, Griggs. Well, I have to go back to Rondo because my wife is in love with him and she's right there. I think it's the ladies love Rondo. I think it's a lot of ladies that love Rondo and have the jerseys. I really do because my wife is like, she's freaked out over the Celtics. She can't wait to watch him in the playoffs. It's crazy. And it's to watch him. Wow. So, there you well,
0: go. he made a big name for himself in the playoffs last year. He was a very good player, but he turned into an elite player in the playoffs last year. I think many people are hoping that they see that same player. Last note... Reports out of the Bay Area have the Golden State Warriors hiring longtime sports agent Bob Myers, who is with Wasserman Sports Media. He represents the likes of Brandon Roy. He recently did the contract for Kendrick Perkins when he was traded from the Celtics to the Thunder. So this is interesting. We've seen uh, Lon Babby. We've seen other people go from being an agent. To working for a team, this is another example. A lot of people have great things to say about Bob Myers, but it'll be interesting to see how does he do as the GM in Golden State. And then, if I'm Brandon Roy and Kendrick Perkins and other players like that, I'm going. Well, who's my agent going forward? There was a trust there. What does that look like? All right, coming up next, Rand Gatlin. We're going to talk about high-interest lockout loans in the NFL. Are players going to get themselves in trouble by taking out these loans that they may not be able to pay back? That's coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio.
1: Stay in touch with SBR on Twitter, twitter.com slash SBRadio. my best feed her I...
0: or at 503-701-2215 if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of Sports Business Radio. The website is sportsbusinessradio.com. My guest is Rand Gatlin. He's joined us here on Sports Business Radio many times before. He's the president of Synergy Sports. He's also a reporter for The postgame.com. Rand, thanks for joining us here on Sports Business Radio.
2: Brian, thanks for having me. Always good to be back.
0: So, you've written some great stuff for the postgame.com, which, by the way, is Yahoo Sports' new digital magazine. Um, the lockout is entering its second month, and you report this week that players from at least 16 teams have already sought out extremely aggressive short term loans with high interest rates. You know, we've talked about how this. Work stoppage is going to impact the owners, the players. We've even talked about how it's going to impact sponsors. But this is an angle that has not really been covered by anyone, so I thought it would be great to have you on the show this week to talk about it. So let's do that. When you've done your research here, um, what are you finding is is most surprising to you?
2: Well, you know, I don't think that the, uh, the fact that players are having to seek out funds is necessarily surprising. You know, to me, uh, I suppose what was surprising was – uh, the fact that so many players had to seek them out so early. Now, we all know that even in a regular year, it's kind of a dirty little secret in the NFL. These guys do run out of money. They are living hand-to-mouth, and they do have to go out and seek funds. The difference between a lockout year and a regular uh, year is that the, the players can generally go to other players in the locker room and say, hey, let me hold twenty or $30,000 until I get my next check. And it's not a problem because everything is pretty guaranteed. I mean, as far as uh, – as, as, the player that's loaning the money knowing this guy is probably on the own squad and will be receiving a check in September, it's a no-brainer for them. They, they usually do that kind of stuff. In a lockout year, I talked to Tommy Harris, who didn't make it into the article, uh, but he used the word no in one of the great quotes he gave me about 16 times in emphasizing that if anybody asked him for money, whether it be family, friends, girlfriends, whatever, the answer is no uh, at all times. Uh, so you know it's it 's one of those things that I suppose what was most surprising was that uh that such a high percentage of players have actually sought out these loans this early uh in in the uh, in the lockout we 're only a month
0: in yeah, it does seem early, especially when you consider that even under normal circumstances, the players wouldn 't be. Paid Right now, they're not scheduled to get paychecks, I believe, until late August, early September in a normal situation. So, you know, you would think they'd have that money put away. But as you're pointing out, these guys are living month to month, which is pretty remarkable when you're talking about players who are making, in some cases, a few hundred thousand dollars a month.
2: Certainly. And, and to your average, you know, to your average fan, it's it's almost unfathomable. But, you know, let's be realistic. It's all relative. Uh, if, if I was making a million dollars a year, I suspect I'd, I'd spend a little bit more each month. And I can get out of hand. And for anybody who has a regular paycheck coming in the door, uh, it can be a little bit disarming to have that paycheck taken away or have it at least be uh, uh, a, a, an area of uncertainty as to when you're going to get paid next. You know, and here's the other thing that people don't really necessarily recognize it's not that these players are all spending money recklessly so much as they they start spending at a level that is not sustainable over the course of 10, 15, 20 years. They find themselves in a situation now where maybe they have $30,000 in the bank, which is a lot more than most folks, but they're spending their debt service is somewhere around $6,000 a month. So after five months, they're going to be broke. Now, do you wait until you're down to your last $2,000 with $6,000 a month due in fixed payments before you finally seek out a loan? Or do you do at your financial advisors urging uh, what most prudent people would do, and that is to go out and secure some kind of funding to ensure that you don't get down to zero uh, before you you start looking for some help in that realm, you know I, I don't think that it's crazy what they're doing. I do, however, think that a lot of these guys uh, are mistaken about the impact a twenty percent or a twenty four percent loan on a five hundred million dollar credit line is going to have on them. I mean, it's tremendous.
0: You talk in your story about how the interest rates range from 18% to 24%, and upon default, they can rise as high as 36%. Those are some bad numbers. I mean, if you're going to borrow money to buy a house or something, you're going to get much better numbers than that. These are high-interest loans, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, they're they're tremendously high. We spoke with a few bank executives, and one of them told me that his bank, and it's a very well-respected bank, uh, would not, uh, under any circumstances, give out uh, lines of credit or loans at, at anything more than 11%. Why? Because it's just simply too risky. If you have to lend out money at higher than 11 points, and that's considered extremely high, uh, you know, it's a realm that they just don't want to delve into. They think it's not a good business model. But obviously there are a number of individuals out there who, uh, who feel that they can, uh, they can turn it into a sustainable and profitable business model. And charging 24 points, you know, if you, if you have two guys default but two guys pay off their loans, I suspect you're going to end up, uh, well ahead of where the bank would have uh, been at if they had loaned all the guys money. Uh, at a lower interest rate. So, you know, it's, uh, they're definitely high interest rates and the question will be how many of you guys can pay these things back? immediately if they pay them back immediately they're taking for instance on a $500,000 loan at 20 points you know somewhere in the ballpark of a $100,000 hit a lot of money to the average person but it's probably sustainable for them if they wait though however if they do not pay it off by the end of the term nine months 12 months whatever it may be that's when you really start seeing the guys fall into some real trouble
0: we're joined by ran gatlin he's the president of synergy sports he also is a reporter for the com. okay ran i'm an nfl player I'm hurting for money right now. Walk me through the process of how I go about getting one of these loans. Am I consulting with my financial advisor first? Am I finding someone from one of my teammates? How does this process work?
2: Oh, you know, that's a really fascinating question. There's a lot of stuff that did not make it into the story. But, for instance, let me give you one example of how this could happen. Uh, You're an NFL player. You're at a nightclub. The DJ, uh, who's a well-known DJ, is spinning at the turntables. You go up and you start talking to him, and as the conversation evolves, you make mention of the fact that yeah, you're gonna have to figure out a way to get this lockout ended quickly because otherwise your money will run out and it's, it could be a joke. And the DJ says to you, "Well, really, I have uh, I have something for you. Then we should talk." gives you a call the next day, lets you know that he knows somebody that's lending money to pro players and all you have to do is just sign off on the documents and you'll get your money. Guy goes through with it without advice or without a consulting an attorney or a financial advisor or anybody and little does he know uh the individual who put him in touch with the lenders is getting kickbacks on those loans, sometimes as high as three or four percent a million dollar loan, that's a pretty hefty chunk for the go between. Uh that's the way this is operating in some realms. Sometimes they consult with their financial advisors, sometimes they vet everything through an attorney. Uh but more often than not, from what we're hearing, uh, these guys are going at it alone or close to alone. And uh and it's a scary situation because frankly, most of these guys in their early twenties have never had experience uh, taking out loans at high interest rates, and, and I, again, I just don't think they understand the implications of their actions at all times, not to excuse what they're doing, but it is to say that it is, a, uh, it is an interesting industry to look at, because I think there are some ethical questions that are raised.
0: Yeah, you know, if, you, if you're sitting around right now going, geez, I want to start a business, uh, what should I do? For the next six to nine months, loaning money to NFL players and, oh, look, we're going to have NBA players in the same situation about a month, month and a half from now when there's a work stoppage in that league most likely. You're going to have uh, you know, a few thousand athletes who are used to making considerable amounts of money that won't have that money coming in. And Now you've got these, you know, as you put it, DJs and middle people who, hey, let me introduce you to a friend. This could turn into a real mess. I mean, I look forward a year from now and I wonder, are we going to read stories of players who are flat out bankrupt because of the fact that they can't pay back these loans and they got themselves into such financial difficulties during the work stoppage?
2: Oh, I, I don't even think it's a question. Uh, I think it's uh, I think if there is any question it 's about you know how many of these players are going to find themselves in those situations, but you know it, these are not uh, very manageable loans, and you know you can 't incur any other debt in order to be able to pay them off immediately for a player to take out a five hundred thousand dollar line. They have to be making a substantial amount of money when their payments do kick back in to be able to just drop six hundred thousand dollars on a short term loan like that. It's it's a lot of money for anybody. Um, so you know, I think a number of players are going to find themselves in situations that again they just never could have contemplated or never did contemplate, and uh... and it'll be unfortunate. But it, you know, as it said at the end of the article, the financial advisor said to us, "It's it's not the way it should be." Uh, and it's unfortunate, but it is it is what it is and, uh, in this situation we
0: find ourselves in. Ran, you mentioned earlier in our conversation that the reputable banks are asking for 11 points on these loans. So that leads me to my question of who's giving out this money? I mean, this is considerable amount of money if it's not reputable financial institutions Who's the cash behind these loans? Well,
2: the reputable banks actually say that they just would not do the loans because most of the guys that are going out there trying to get these loans, they're uncollateralized, unsecured loans. So, you know, they're very high risk. From the market standpoint, it's understandable uh... from from the lenders perspective why they would charge such high interest rates There's a tremendous amount of risk uh... loaning to a guy who has no job uh... at least in in the foreseeable future and who also doesn't have any collateral uh... to secure the, the the loans should he default so what they're what they're doing is they're going to for instance disability policies that then guarantee the payment on the loan should they become injured which raises its own Interesting subset of questions. Is that injury on the field or is that injury elsewhere? And is there a deeper meaning to that? You know, it's not something I really got into, but I, w- I wonder what that, what that means in the scheme of things. But the folks that are lending one of the guys that we interviewed, his name is Darian Dash. He's actually the cousin of hip hop mogul. Dame Dash, and the brother of uh, famous actress Stacy Dash of uh, Clueless fame. Anyone who uh, watched that movie will remember her. And uh, you know, it, the guy made a mint back in the early stages of the internet uh, because he started providing services, uh, among other places, to inner city uh... Individuals in order to provide them with low service. Uh, I'm sorry, low cost services. It, very fascinating guy, has been very successful. And when we spoke to him at length, you know, he was very straightforward. He said, "Listen, this is this is a legitimate market, and these rates are. I'm not forcing them to take these loans out, but if they want the loans, they need it as a lifeline. And if somebody's willing to provide it to them, it's a positive because without it, they're going to get killed at the negotiating table. And frankly, it, it's a very cogent point. I mean, it's hard to argue against." that logic now we can discuss you know whether it's ethical uh... to give loans to guys who we know are in dire financial straits uh... you know at these higher rates and and what the implications are long-term but you know there are a number of folks out there he mentioned that there were at least uh... five ten or fifteen was his exact language lenders in the sports lending space who are trying to provide resources for players as the lockout drags on so i think there's a number of folks out there and 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 you know frankly of course they're opportunistic and a lot of business people are you know the question uh, is, and, and this is what you know is up to the reader to decide are there moral and ethical issues again, and, and, uh, and from a market perspective, as long as it's not illegal, a lot of people would argue that no, there's no moral and ethical
0: problems there. Just a few minutes left with Ran Gatlin of ThePostGame.com. Ran, the NFL Players Association, obviously they've advised players to save money. They've tried to give them advice on how to handle themselves and their money and their finances through this work stoppage how big of a role can they play in protecting their players against predators giving out loans at very high interest rates?
2: Well, you know, I addressed this yesterday with uh, someone else. It's interesting. I think the NFLPA, by all accounts, did actually a fantastic job of preparing them in terms of warning them, hey, guys, save three game checks. Hey, guys, the lockout is probably going to come. Make sure you're saving money. Don't buy new houses don't buy expensive new cars be careful but you, you know the old saying is you can lead a horse to water and uh, and these guys you know the ones that are taking out these loans you know they either didn't drink once they got to the water or they uh, or they decided to to kind of go their own path uh, regardless and and you know it's 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 problematic for the NFLPA that said i don't think that uh the NFLPA is necessarily The most likely, uh, or the most culpable actor here in terms of preparing the players, I would actually go back all the way to the colleges. Once you're in the NFL, we had Aaron Rodgers tell us this last year. You know, going to the rookie symposium, it's almost too late. Uh, You need to learn how to deal with that money before you're a month away from signing a twenty million dollar contract. And so, in effect, and I've said this to you before pretty pretty heavily on the college's shoulders in terms of preparing these kids for the financial realities they'll face once they're out of school. And what's happening right now, it looks like, is they're pushing them out of an airplane, and they're telling them to learn how to parachute on their way down. And uh, I don't think too many of us would uh, would want to learn how to parachute uh, on the way down from 20,000 feet up. It'd be a lot better if we uh, we had a firm grasp of which ripcord to pull prior to getting in that airplane and
0: uh, and putting our life in their hands. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't want to learn that lesson the hard way. Okay, uh, before I let let you go. Is there anything that didn't make it into your story on the postgame.com that we should know about this story?
2: You know, I just I, I think the, the most important point is uh, th- these guys are going to be paying a significant price. That is, the guys that are taking out loans now to get by, and, and again, whether they were irresponsible or whether they just found themselves in a situation where uh, despite the fact that they were responsible they still needed to take out money, whatever that case may have been, uh, they're going to pay a significant price for the future of the game. They are, a lot of them, as we discussed, may go bankrupt, may find themselves in dire financial straits. However, uh, as Darian Dash pointed out, if these players get a tremendous deal at the negotiating table as a result of their ability to to, uh, make it through the lockout uh, because of these loans, then long-term, it's probably a net positive for the players in the league. Uh, But you know, as we've had this debate about concussions and players in the past and, uh, and retired players' benefits, and they're saying, well, we sacrificed for the game for it to be what it is today, I suspect we'll be looking at... Uh, this issue in a similar fashion albeit uh, in a much less sympathetic light, hard to feel bad for guys that are taking out $500,000 loans as opposed to guys who are uh, risking their, their lives from a physical standpoint, but uh, it, it is one of those things that I think is important to look at these guys truly are uh, doing what they can do to make it through this because the NFLPA has rallied them around a cause and uh, and we just got to keep our fingers crossed that not too many of them uh, find themselves in uh, in dire straits at the end of the road because uh, it's important that they get a good deal at the table and uh, and, and we're all hoping they do but more importantly, we're hoping we get football back and uh, the sacrifice these guys are making now uh, will lead us to that point, hopefully sooner rather than later.
0: Terrific reporting by Rand Gatlin. You can find him online at thepostgame.com. Rand, how can people follow you on Twitter?
2: Uh, you can find me at Synergy Sports. That's Synergy without that an E, so S-Y-N-R-G-Y sports. And uh, I'm not easy to, I mean, I'm not hard to find. There's not too many Rand Gatlins out there. So if you look me up, <laughs> I, uh, I'm all over the place.
0: Well, this was a great story. It got lots of play this week, a uh, unique angle, and we appreciate you joining us on Sports Business Radio. We'll catch up with you soon. Brian, thanks for having me. Thank you. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. This is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. Every championship team has one thing in common, good coaching. And I want to be your coach, your media coach. When I'm not hosting Sports Business Radio, I team with former Nike PR director Lee Weinstein to form New School Media Coaching. New School Media Coaching uses a fresh and interactive approach for educating our clients about dealing with today's media landscape. Whether you're an athlete, a coach, or a front office executive in the sports or business world, We'll prepare you for communications with the masses in today's social media world where everything is on the record. And just like any good coach, we'll help you practice your new skills and we'll be there to provide constructive feedback every step of the way. With a combined 40 years of experience, we're veteran coaches, but we use a new school approach. For an overview and a list of our services, visit newschoolmediacoaching.wordpress.com or email me. At Brian at SportsBusinessRadio.com.
1: This is Sports Business Radio.
0: If you have not had the opportunity to see it, you've got to watch ESPN's documentary, The Brady Six. Talks about the six quarterbacks taken in front of Tom Brady in the draft, 2000 draft. Brady drafted 199th. In that draft it's remarkable. there's great footage of Brady in high school uh, from the NFL combines, and basically, the story shows, Griggs, you cannot tear someone 's chest open and measure the size of their heart, whether it's Michael Jordan getting cut from his high school basketball team or Brady getting drafted 199th. You know, you can do all these tests, make him jump high, run the 40 yard dash. What's the strength in the arm? You can't measure someone's heart. And i got to tell you, I liked Tom Brady before I saw this documentary. Now, I'm a huge Tom Brady fan after seeing the Brady Six. So if you haven't had a chance to see it on ESPN, you really need to watch it. It's very compelling.
3: Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but you were saying a little bit about Off Air, and it sounds great. I love that stuff, too, because you get that behind the scenes, the old footage, the high school games, and you really see this player as more than a player, but as a person and how they got there.
0: Well, and... One of the things that I think made Jordan and has made Brady great, they have played throughout their careers with a chip on their shoulder. All the people who wronged them, even Jordan in his Hall of Fame acceptance speech, talked about all the people who did him wrong and the chip on his shoulder that he had. These guys have memories like elephants. They remember. All right,
3: Griggs, quickly, who are you picking in the NBA playoffs? Give me your picks, East and West. Um, I think the Bulls are going to take the East. I really do. They are playing amazing ball right now. The crowd's insane in Chicago, so I think they're going to ha- and they have home court for the whole the whole uh, playoff too. So I think they're going to take the East. West is, I, I don't want to say Lakers, but they just click so well in the playoffs. And it sounds like Bynum's going to be playing too and healthy. So I got to say, Lakers are going to do it.
0: All right, I have to agree with you. I mean, this is kind of crazy because usually we disagree. But I think the Bulls, no one's looking at them. They're a record at home, I think they lost four games at home this year, and they've got home court throughout, so that's going to be big for them. Derek Rose is playing at a phenomenal level, so I like the Bulls. I like the Lakers. I think the Lakers have been playing awesome. I think they're going to... Get it done again this year and you know, maybe surprise some people that think that they're not there. All right, lots of thank yous, Rand Gettlin from the Postgame.com, our show staff, Brian Griggs, Josh Blank, Jared Melzer, Patrick O'Neill, Darren Peck, Ron Barr, James Harris, and Doug Zanger. You can find everything you need about us online at sportsbusinessradio.com. I'm on Twitter at SB Radio. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week right here on sports business. Radio
1: The worst part is that I didn't even know
0: Has your big toe ever had a gout flare? If you've experienced intense pain, tenderness and swelling in the joints of your big toe, you might be suffering from gout a medical condition related to arthritis. If you have gout, there are various research studies going on right now that may need your help. One of the studies needs men and women at least 50 years old who have a history of chronic gout, suffer from cardiovascular disease such as a heart attack, chest pain, unstable angina, or complications due to diabetes. Another needs people who have suffered from chronic gout and have been told by a healthcare provider that they have decreased kidney function. Yet another needs men and women at least 18 years of age who have suffered no more than two gout flares in their lifetime and have never taken medication for gout. If you suffer from gout, call 877-859-7560 or log on to goutstudynow.com forward slash SBR to see if you may qualify for one of these studies. That's 877-859-7560. That's 877-859-7560. Eight seven seven eight five nine seventy five sixty.